0: to Fruitbox, Fruitnet's new series of twice-weekly fresh fruit and vegetable conversations with me, Chris White. Every Tuesday and Thursday, I'm talking down the line from here in London with people from across the world of fresh produce about some of the big issues they're facing in business today. I hope these short 15-minute conversations give you some really good insights into how to do better business in fresh fruits and vegetables. In our last episode, we talked about developments in China and India. Today on Fruitbox, I want to turn our attention to developments here at home, in Europe. Joining me down the line from his home office in Brussels is Philippe Binard, the man who runs FreshFell Europe, the European Fresh Produce Association. Hi Philippe, welcome to Fruitbox.
1: Please, good afternoon to you.
0: Philippe, now, no prizes for guessing what we're going to talk about today. It's the coronavirus crisis. It's affected every single part of Europe and it's affecting every single part of the fresh fruit and vegetable supply chain too. From the farm gate to the supermarket shelf, we've got growers looking for pickers, trucking companies looking to get products to market as quickly as possible and supermarkets looking safely to sell fresh produce to their shoppers. So Philippe, if we could, let's start with the growers. This issue of pickers, uh, the availability of labour, it's the very biggest issue for them, isn't it?
1: It's, it's one of the issues, because uh, obviously, if you want to have product on the shelf, you need to pick the product. And if we want to avoid food waste with product which are already uh, available, but without any uh, seasonal worker, that would be an issue. Uh, if we want to have product in the coming weeks and months, because this crisis is probably still there for several weeks, we need for availability to make sure that we have uh, pickers in the in the in the right place, and if we don't have the people to 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 collect the the, the product which are on the tree or in the in the field, uh, I think that will lead to a shortage of supply. That could then lead to increase of uh, prices, which I think will certainly not be good for uh, consumer. Uh, some of them have been losing their job. For the moment, so there will be lack of uh, financial resource. I think we definitely have to be uh, making sure that being an essential product, uh, we can guarantee the supply of the product to the shelf of the supermarket. But I, I, I don't think this is the only topic. It's, it's an important one uh, on which as uh, especially we have been working a lot with the European Commission to provide um, a European framework which could guarantee uh, that uh, seasonal workers could be higher under national condition, but could be higher, could move from one member state to the other, and could also, on some uh, special circumstances, be also coming from a uh, neighborhood country like Morocco or like uh, Ukraine, for instance, uh, and, and make sure that the, the package will provide guarantee for the host country but also for the worker who will come uh, to to Europe. But I say that's one element which needs to be secure uh, from a a grower perspective. But I think this uh, crisis is leading to a lot of uh, other problems. Uh, On the one hand, we have been losing about maybe 25% of the market, which was going to the food service. Of course, the sales at retail level are relatively strong, but um, I think there is a whole part of the of the market segment which have been lost and which will make very difficult to compensate. So that will create in, unavoidably uh, problems on, um, on the grower side who were working with this segment. I think there is also a lot of higher cost in the chain. I think all these social distancing measures which have to be introduced in the field, in the pack house, uh, in the distribution center has are leading to increased cost in, in in the chain, uh, cost of transportation. Uh, I think I'm sure we'll talk later about transport, but uh, a lot of uh, um, transport companies have increased their, their 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 costs for a number of uh, reasons, which have to be absorbed somewhere in the chain. Um, so I think we should not um, simplify the uh, the analysis of the situation just by saying, okay, the product are coming to supermarkets, so everything is fine. I think there is a lot of uh, other points that need to be uh, really uh, of concern for the coming uh, weeks and months, even if uh, I think in the fruit and vegetable sector we are quite uh, in a relatively good position because our product could still be sold, could still be on the market, while there are so many other industrial goods or other even uh, Uh, product in agriculture like the flour uh, which have uh, uh, a very serious uh, problem of uh, of sales in the business which uh, has been almost uh, totally closed in the case of the of the flour.
0: You you mentioned about this question of of local unemployment and it's an issue that's been brought up in many places I've seen that uh, certainly here in in my country in the UK there's been with Brexit uh, a big question about will we have the pickers to come and pick our crops and now all of a sudden there are very regrettably, very many people who've been made unemployed by the collapse of the uh, of the um food service industry the whole hotel and service sector and all of a sudden you're seeing as it were local people turning up to pick local crops um do you you mentioned about costs earlier and the, and and the and the the, the risk of or rather the, the fact that there are going to be more costs around do you think that this whole combination of factors will lead to a, a big uh, increase in, in inflation in prices in, 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 in future?
1: It could be that they, if there is a 30% increase moving product from, let's say, a place of production in, uh, in the south of Europe to, to central Europe, uh, it's maybe a 1,000 euro more per, uh, per truck. I think this has a cost uh, implication, but just look also at the efficiency of uh, uh, picking, packing, when you have reduced work hours, when you move uh, the, the, the worker from their accommodation to the orchard and you have uh, restriction in the number of people that you could move in the same van or in the same uh, uh, bus from uh, uh, to the place of work. This has a cost. There is a question of efficiency. If you have less people uh, working, or if you, if you have more shift into the packers to, to maintain the, the flow of uh, volume, there are a tendency maybe to move to uh, maybe more uh, pre packed product. This has also a cost, uh, provided the logistic could follow to, to, to pre pack everything. So I think, yes, there are a number of uh, changing parameters uh, mm. today that uh, has definitively an impact on the. Uh, on, on, on the cost of the product. Yeah,
0: Let, let's move, uh, if we if we may, from these uh, problems or these challenges that we're facing, that growers are facing a, across Europe. To then the, the the fact of getting the product from, uh, as it were, the farm gate to the supermarket shelf, and that's then the whole area of logistics and, and transport. They've been, and we've read about them, some big holdups. I think at frontiers uh, throughout Europe, and it's strange to think of a Europe of frontiers, but there we are. Um, what do you say about that?
1: Uh, the, the first thing that we had to address was, uh, I think, when the, the issue started in Italy, with some um, pre-introduction of control at the borders, not necessarily on the goods, but on the, um, on the people, on the truck drivers, for instance. This was at the, uh, the Brenner Pass that, in, in the north of Italy. That was the issue of the Brenner, among other, but they were other points with Slovenia, uh, also with Switzerland um and, and I think that was maybe one of the first uh, action that had to be addressed by the European Commission uh, they've proposed uh, guidelines uh, to discuss with the member states and to make sure that at the end they will not be more than 15 minutes at the at the border um, I think this is more or less the case I don't think there are a lot of retention for the moment at the at the border they are punctually a number of uh, delays but overall that works but I think that's not uh, the, the the only issue of, on the intra-EU transport I think one of the major problem is indeed the product are moved from south to north the truck is empty but often uh, because all the business in the non-essential product are being cancelled often the truck will remove will, will uh, go back to, to production area empty which has a an element of um, increased cost for the the, the the one-way journey, but I think they are on transportation uh, also other issue. If we look at the bigger picture, there are some problems. I think we try to mitigate on uh, on container on sea transportation. Uh, there, there were some delay coming from China, but now as other countries are also entering into containment. I think you, you, we, we were talking before about India. I think there have been uh, new problems also occurring there because less uh, people available to go to the port to secure the handling. There were less people available for the custom operation. So all of that is delaying the process uh, for uh, for container. So definitely, sea transportation is something which is impacting. It will impact the European export in the coming weeks. It will impact also the European import when we move into the southern hemisphere season. And and, and last but not least, I think there is today almost no air freight um, uh, business. Of course, it's, it's a very small part of the total uh, business in, in Europe, but uh, uh, air freight, if existing, is very expensive. And, and I think that has created a, a number of difficulty for specialty, High uh, perishable uh, vegetables or exotics, and that creates uh, definitely another problem in in the chain. So yes, there are uh, a number of uh, uh, significant problems on on the logistic and on the uh, transport, partially uh, internally at the intra EU frontier, at the external uh, frontier. Even if uh, uh, everything is done to simplify the procedure and the documentation. Uh, at the external border and on top of that there are some commercial implications not only the formally the logistics but it's also the 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 commercial implication when you have uh, uh, um, an environment which is changing.
0: Mm. You you mentioned uh, there the issue of perishability and of course this the perishable nature of fresh produce is is innate Um, and and packaging has played a crucial role in preserving um, you know fruits and vegetables the, sh- the shelf life of them uh, and yet packaging in many ways is under attack uh, from consumers or was until recently it seems that things are changing do you, do you detect a, a change in attitude too
1: I don't think there is a European response to that um, they are country where it's business as usual so I mean uh, uh, the, the same balance between uh, consumer who wish to have uh, packed product or pre-packed product and those who want to have them lose. There are some other countries uh, which tend to have their consumer a little bit more concerned uh, of other consumer potentially contaminated touching the product and then buying the, the, the product that they have touched. Uh, so there they might be a certain trend mm-hmm. for uh, maybe more packed product. Obviously at the production site or at the packing station, there is a need uh, also to be able to adjust to this increased demand if existing for some market. But um, I will not say that there is a a complete shift to full pre-packed at the moment. I don't think that's the the, the case. I think what is very important to remind uh, is that the, the risk of contamination through uh, the product are very, very, very limited. I think what, uh, what we have to do today is to remind the basic hygiene guidelines that we need to, to, to have uh, when, we, when we deal with food, uh, to wash them, to make sure that you wash your hands, that you wash the equipment. If you cut a product with, uh, with a knife to make sure that everything is, uh, is, is done, that's the more important to, uh, to give guarantee to the consumer that uh, the, the risk of contamination through food is very very limited, and what we could advise is to continue to take all the necessary hygiene uh, guidelines that uh, WHO always say when we talk about fruit and vegetables. And it's not only an issue for fruit and vegetables; it uh, could be for bread, it could be for other uh, products, even for pre product products. Uh, the same. Uh, uh idea that the, the the virus could stay on the product it could potentially also then stay on the packaging so i think it's just a question of discipline right. and making sure that uh, uh also in the shop there is a civic attitude from the consumer if they touch something that they they will buy that product and that they will go home with the product that they have been selecting
0: well you've, you've brought us now to the supermarket uh and uh to the point of sale i should say and 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 as you've said, I mean, supermarkets have been making some really huge efforts to ensure that their stores are not only supplied with product, but also safe uh, places in which to buy uh, fruits and vegetables and and other foods, of course. Um, and at the same time, we've seen shoppers kind of curiously reaching out for other ways of uh, of getting fruits and vegetables into their homes. There. They're buying online, of course, and that's a big trend. But interestingly, that we're seeing that in, in more in the south of Europe, which we didn't see before so much. Uh, they're also trying to buy direct from farm, uh, buying in community groups, buying direct from wholesalers and so on and so forth. Um, now, kind of it, it's all mixed up uh, in a way, the way, as it were, retail is working. And I kind of wonder when this coronavirus crisis has gone and let's hope it goes very, very soon. Do you think we'll just go back to the same old ways, or do you think we'll kind of learn new ways of doing things, and, and it then changes the mix in, uh, in 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 the in the fresh fruit and vegetable business that we've not been used to uh, so much?
1: Well, definitively, uh, I'm sure there will be lessons to be taken from this uh, crisis, which is really affecting all distribution channels as we have know them so far. Uh, I think the first things that will have to be restored when people will go back to work, is all the food service business, which is uh, today, with a few exceptions of uh, delivery to hospital or to some uh, essential service, could be the army, the police, etc., canteen. I think that that would be the first thing to to restore. I think they they, they could be a boost for uh, online sales, which will remain. that's, That's possible. It's a trend. Uh, that has been already noted in, in the past uh, few few years. Uh, now, of course, a lot of people are recommended or even forced to stay at home. So um, uh, there are a lot of people who prefer to, to buy online rather than and either to go and pick and minimize the time in the shop or be delivered at home. So that, that's something that might stay in the, in the future if they, 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 they found that this is convenient and, and practical. Um, so I think we will have to see uh, how long this uh, crisis uh, continue. What will be the evolution of the purchasing uh, habit from, from consumer, not only for fruit and vegetable, but in in, in general for other f- uh, products. So, yeah, I think there will be a uh, probably a, an after corona, which uh, will have some element that we will need to uh, to observe.
0: Yeah, of course. Let's turn finally now just to consumers and and talk about them for a moment. Uh, As an industry sector that's supplying a line of products that are seen now more than ever actually as essential to good health and well-being, um, do you think that one of the consequences of this crisis may be a higher consumption of fresh fruits and vegetables? I know that this is a a key to the kind of work you do at FreshFull Europe. Um, Will we see people eating more fresh fruits and vegetables as a result of this crisis do
1: you think? Well it's at at the European level today the average consumption is 365 gram per per capita per day, Uh, when it is recommended to eat at least a minimum of 400 gram per day. So I think we have a lot of room for improving the, the level of consumption while being at home, it's normally the place where uh, the consumption was the higher. So it could be uh, a good moment for, for consumer to uh, go back to the basic, to start cooking again, to look at a recipe. Uh, Definitely, when you have a, a virus where your immunity is at stake, well, you could think back that uh, even if nothing has been really uh, studied in the case of uh, Corona and, uh, and, and and consumption of uh, fruit and vegetables. That's too early. Maybe they will be studied in the future. But uh, definitively, if you eat more fruit and vegetables, you could reinforce your immune system. You could be with a lot of different kinds of vitamins. All of that are, are very good for health. Well. So maybe there they will be a, uh, an approach of a consumer to realize that uh, having an healthy diet is something that could help you to be a little bit stronger in moment where your body will need... Uh, better defense for uh, against some of the things that uh, could be catch up, like flu or like uh, maybe this uh, uh, this uh, this virus. So hopefully, yeah, and that that could help um, stimulating the consumption of fresh fruit and vegetables. We have a, a nice role to to play. Don't forget that um, two months ago, when we were not so much yet talking about um, uh, about corona, we were discussing about uh the, the green deal we were discussing about the new strategy for farm to four where uh, i think they're also fruit and vegetable a very nice role to play uh for the environment for the health of uh, of, of european citizen so i think there are a lot of uh, uh parameters that we could use in the sector to to be better positioned in the future to be uh increasing the consumption of uh, our products um at the different age group that we have in our population and across Europe with different eating patterns. So um, I think we have to take all these benefits to, uh, to, to, to increase the consumption of fresh fruit and vegetables. Mm-hmm.
0: Philippe, uh, time's up. That's all we've got time for today. Um, I was joined down the line from Brussels by Philippe Binard, General Delegate at Fell Europe, the European Fresh Produce Association. Thank you. It was great to talk to you. And I'll be sure to to check in again with you soon on Fruitbox as this crisis develops. My very best wishes to you and your colleagues and, of course, to all of your members.
1: Thank you very much.
0: So just to remind you uh, that you can find today's conversation at Fruitbox and many others I'll be having over the next few weeks and months uh, now at our website, fruitnet.com. Fruitbox is now on all the major podcast platforms too, including Apple Podcasts uh, from last week. Just search for Fruitbox. You can subscribe there for free. Our listener numbers have been climbing fast. Thank you in the, new, uh, in the few short weeks since I started these series of conversations. It's clear that you're finding them interesting. So if you found this conversation interesting, I'm sure you did, uh, then put it out there. Do share it, post it, link to it. And if you want to take part then uh, in a future conversation, then email me at chrisfruitnet.com. Look out for Fruitbox at Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and, of course, on LinkedIn. You can find me at Chris Fruitnet. Please do link up. By the way, uh, keep an eye out for our new mobile apps. They're launching in April and May. They're different because they're purpose-built for your smartphone or tablet. We've been working on them uh, with the same people who put together the apps for The Economist magazine, no less. I think you're going to like them a lot. Okay, enough advertising. That was Fruitbox, and this is Chris White. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.